Ryan, is your camera oriented differently than normal? Because yeah, I'm getting a really good um, up up nostril shot. <laughs> it's not upskirt; it's up nostril. But the tip of his nose does a better job of hiding. You know, he 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 leaves a little mystery. Mine is yeah. like assless chap nostrils. I added a second monitor and I put the um, you know, I put you guys up there and that way I can. Oh, that's why okay. you're staring up in the ceiling. I guess. Also, yeah. are you in a bathroom? Yeah. <laughs> it's um, a recording studio. It's just like at the weekly stand. As, as soon as I'm as soon as I'm done, I'm gonna move out of here. Like done in the bathroom, then I'll just carry it. <laughs> now the story of an eclectic fan base who lost touch with reality and the one podcast that somehow holds them all together. It's the substandard expanded universe. Welcome to another packed episode of the Substandard Expanded Universe podcast. This week paid for by APAC. This podcast proudly supports grandparents everywhere. The SSEU podcast is published most weeks on most platforms such as Google Podcasts and Stitcher. We stay on top of current events and bring you the internet's premier discussion on subjects like Star Wars, Tiger King, Disney, Star Wars, Michael Fassbender, Meth, Counting, and Star Wars. You can find us in the Megafred on Twitter or at SSEUPod. If you have questions, comments, or concerns, please tweet them at JVLast because he gave us these microphones and we take no blame for any of it. I'm Thomas, as usual, joined by Ryan and Chris. Hello, guys. Hello, Thomas. Hey, Thomas. In case you missed it, uh, the other week, Ryan Kinney appeared on JVL's own show, the cleverly named The JVL Show, because he spent all of his imagination on naming Elon Musk's latest kid. You can find The JVL Show at the djvlshow.com if you want to catch Ryan talking about baseball, life, and, what, astroturfing? DJVL Show. D, the letter D, JVL Show. Can you believe that, that Ryan beat Jim to the JVL show. Isn't that kind of... I, I guess we know who JVL considers a better friend. <laughs> Jonathan hasn't even been to my house, and I've lived 10 minutes away from him for, I don't know, eight months. In, in fairness to JVL, he doesn't go to anyone's house. <laughs> so, uh, I, I, I offered to name uh, uh, another kid after him if, if we ever have one. You should name it Jonathan Victorino, because that's actually Jonathan's real middle name. I also want to point out that Chris has branched out on his own, much like Beyonce, Beyonce, Beyonce. and started oh, it's a Beyonce. new podcast together with his brother Kirk. We again witnessed amazing creativity where they named their podcast Haber Bros. Chris, is that podcast available on Stitcher and Zoom and Microsoft Office? <laughs> It's available on Clarisworks, and that alone. No, it's available on iTunes, not Stitcher. I'm sorry, Ryan. You guys have to like hand it to me. I haven't been shilling my own, you know, solo. It's not solo, but like my own. It's basically a solo career from you guys. The biplane, the biplane podcast, uh, and and I kind of feel guilty about that. That I've got the separate thing that I'm doing, and I haven't been promoting it as I ought to. Wait, you well, feel guilty that you're taking time away from our podcast or that you're not promoting it enough? I feel no guilt at taking time away from this podcast. This week's episode was a special episode because there were even more Habermans on it, right? 
That's right. Thomas, wow. Look at you. I'm impressed. Well, so Yes, already- yes. My dad was our guest on the podcast. There are three Haber men on the podcast, yeah. As you already have heard, we have a guest on this week's podcast, so I would like to formally welcome him. He is the previous deputy online editor of the Weekly Standard, former congressional staffer. Whoa, 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 whoa. Hang, hang on. Deputy? Did they give you a badge for that? And a gun. <laughs> <laughs> he is the owner of more sock puppet Twitter accounts than Jacob Wall, the graduate of St. <laughs> Louis University and regional barbecue champion. It's Jim Swift. Jim, welcome back. Good to have you. Hedge. Jim, does your wall uh, by the clock, does it say ahoy? Yeah, it does. <laughs> did, did, did Kurt Schlichter give you that sticker? No, um, I, I don't know. I, I never understood the, their Ahoy fascination, you know, with the whole cruise and the Lido deck and all this stuff. I mean, maybe it's because he, you know, didn't make it in the Navy and had to cut it in the Army. <laughs> but, um, you no, know, when we moved down here, we went to one of these, like, big home goods type stores. It wasn't home. Ikea? Uh, no, I mean, I, I do want to go to Ikea and buy the new bucket hat made out of the blue uh, bags <laughs> that they're selling. I want to buy all of them for a family picture. Could be good for mowing the lawn, you know, very useful. But I just saw this, and I was like, it's $5. I'm buying the Ahoy sign. I, I realized that I, I didn't mention your current job. You are editor? What, what's your current job title at the Bulwark? It's senior editor, like on the masthead. But I do lots of things. He wears lots of bucket hats at the Bulwark. Like, just like in the 90s music festival. Speaking of music festivals, since you kindly shared with us that you don't listen to our podcast, you probably missed Ryan's story about when he decided to to, what do you call them? They're not rickshaws. What, what did you... <laughs> pedicab. pedicab. Yeah. Ryan, Ryan had, a, had a career as a former pedicab driver at South by Southwest. Okay, yeah. that's fine. But like in Washington, D.C., those, those people should get run off the road by like the horse police <laughs> because like the roads are crowded enough and, you know, people are doing it and or, or they're not usually running it like a rickshaw, but like they're bicycling and it's just like... Really? Is this the way to see the monuments? Just like pay the $15 to the National Park Service. How, how often do you see the driver of the pedigab laying in the grass because he's cramping and telling the people that they have to get out? Because that was, that was the extent of my career was telling people, you're too heavy. I can't do this. And then laying in the grass. So it was like a combination of Peter Griffin and Family Guy going, ah. Yeah. <laughs> and that scene from In Bruges where Colin Farrell is just like, well, I wouldn't be taking the stairs if I was you. <laughs> Why? Because you're a fat fuck. You know. <laughs> Probably die of a heart attack before you get to the top. Do you have hills in D.C.? Yeah. Is it that's, why, that's why they call uh, it Capitol Hill. I mean, because <laughs> it's on a hill. I mean, the, I mean, it's it's not like rural Kentucky or the Shenandoah Mountains or like even the Low Country. I mean, most of DC is relatively flat, except for Capitol Hills, where it's sort of an incline. But then when you start getting to the upper Northwest part, it, it through Rock Creek Park towards uh, Maryland, it does get a little a little high. But maybe we could have one of these taxis that just goes downhill. Ryan would be really good at that. <laughs> <laughs> I can coast. <laughs> Uh, well, those but, things sort of died when the when I you know I haven't seen as much of them after the uh, electric scooters started coming. Yeah, mm. that's true. The they I imagine that in Austin they've pretty much killed them out as well. Everyone hates scooters, right? I don't. I, I don't. I don't mind them. They're kind of fun as long as the government's not running them. You know, I mean, 
Yeah, I, I had a I had a friend in uh, have I guess he's still alive. Uh, I haven't seen him seen him in a while. <laughs> but let's, he was no. Let's let's just assume he's dead. He's probably uh, dead. Let's let's speak of him in the past tense. <laughs> so so I had his friend in Phoenix, and he how did he die? Was, <laughs> he was really excited about the scooters, and they were coming to downtown. And he was like, "This is great! Like you can ride along, and he wouldn't have to take an Uber or anything anymore." And then a couple of weeks later, I ran into him at the bar, and he had turned done a one eighty. I was now very anti scooters because they had almost <laughs> killed him on the street the other day. <laughs> but he was fine when he was riding it. But then he was a, a pedestrian, and yeah. someone almost killed. Yeah. Did he not get one of these free uh, uh, helmets from Bird like I did? <laughs> oh, they just give those out? Or are you supposed to leave those on the scooter when you're done? No, no, no. They give them out. Uh, it's like this silly legal tactic that they try and do. It's like, oh, do you like oh, riding Bird? Well, if you pay just for shipping, we'll send you this like $50, like really nice helmet. And that's like, so when like, you know, the inevitable lawsuits come, they can yeah. be like, we've offered we, everyone helmets. We gave everybody helmets, huh? Yeah, right. that's good Does idea. that work? Is that, has that been like tested in court? Well, I mean, I think the point is they're trying to challenge, like they're, they're like, this is a reasonable risk to take. It may very well not. I'm not a lawyer, but I don't think like, hey, you know, like <laughs> we offered the guy airbags when he tried <laughs> buying the car. It's not like... <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a doctor, but I've heard, like, I wonder if we could try bleach inside the body to fight infection. <laughs> or ultraviolet light inside the body. It might work as well as outside the body. So, speaking of bleach, uh, Jim, how have you been entertaining yourself during your uh, quarantine in Woodbridge? You know, I think the quarantine's been going reasonably well. I'm glad we moved. If we were still cooped up in Alexandria in our, in our small condo, I'd probably be bald or dead. And I have very nice hair. Um, it's flowing locks. Then why do you cover it up with that hat? Uh, you know, because I, I had to do some manual labor and uh, put together a bunch of crazy coops. It wasn't really hard, but when you have children who are trying to steal every part from you, you shouldn't make little tykes crazy coops in front of your children because you mm. think they'll enjoy it. Uh, it's way, it's way, it's way more work than you would have ever expected. It involves drills and hammers and stuff. I thought you just snap the thing together and just like send them out on the road. Um, so chasing them around to get the parts back was frustrating, and you know it was like my own little workout. Did did, did you guys see Kim Kardashian, Kardashian West's uh, suggestion for uh, how to entertain kids during quarantine? No, kind of Taylor Swift. It was something about how, oh, like, take this opportunity to have them engage in, in crafts and makeup and art or something. Art, <laughs> it really, yeah. It was really stupid. And she had to post up for half a day, and then she had to take it down because she just kept getting trolled. <laughs> Those are Swift, well, you know, we don't like the Wests. <laughs> We've been working hard to entertain our kids during quarantine and I've actually developed, I've started a document of movies that I can introduce my kids to. And it's been a, a truly fun thing uh, to, to introduce my kids to movies that, that I generally want to watch. Nice guys on repeat? <laughs> no, well, okay. So finally, one day I was like, I should show my kids Jurassic Park. It's got dinosaurs. I, I looked it up on Common Sense Media. I asked my best fr- my Second best friend, Ryan, um, who, I mean, I'd been burned before when he recommended 
you know, that Scorsese movie with, um, with uh, Leonardo DiCaprio and Jonah Hill and Margot Robbie. The Wolf of Wall Street. Wolf of Wall Street. I got burned on that one. But, but like, Ryan was like, yeah, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Common Sense Media said, I don't know, 13 plus, which for me, for my six-year-old and nine-year-old, sounds good. <laughs> Doesn't the it's, MPAA it's, already do that? Jim, okay, when, you, when your twins get a little older, you'll realize that, that you'll show your six-year-olds PG-13 movies. You don't wait until they're 13. Just, just trust me on that. I start Jurassic Park. Um, there's violence, but there's not much language, no, no sex. Uh, I'm like, it's fine. It's fine. I had, I had not seen this movie in maybe 25 years. Isn't there a lot of violence in it? Like, Well, it's not violence. It's I get eaten in half. It's ripped in half. Violence isn't the issue. My kids have watched violent movies before. They love Edge of Tomorrow. They think it's the greatest movie ever. <laughs> Oh, okay. that's because it's like a video game. But like yes. you know, when when the arm comes out and she screams "run," like they're gonna have nightmares. So how are those going? Well, here here's the thing: is I had totally forgotten that Jurassic Park is essentially a, the first third of the movie is setting up the second two thirds or the 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 other two thirds, which essentially are dinosaurs hunting children. Like that's what the movie is about. <laughs> The, the movie is about dinosaurs systematically hunting children so that they can eat them. The whole point of the, the – every point leading up to that part of the movie, sure, Jeff Goldblum – oh, and that's the other thing. is like my daughter loves Jeff Goldblum. She thinks he's the greatest. She watches his show on Disney+, Plus, The World According to Jeff Goldblum. She thinks he's the best as the grandmaster. In fact, she took some like eyeshadow and painted her chin. And are you, you going to let her watch The League? Because that might make her forever unclean. <laughs> <laughs> she will not watch him in that show. But, but I'm like, okay, Jeff Goldblum plus dinosaurs. My kids will love this movie. And I totally, totally forgotten that the entire plot, sure, Jeff Goldblum talks about chaos theory and whatever, but it's all a setup for a, basically a horror movie where dinosaurs are hunting children. Let's just say the movie did not go well in this household. Yes, 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 yes. Did you actually show that to them, or is this a bit? Oh, I showed it to them. So Isaac bailed after a third. Jordan watched the whole thing, loved it. She, she actually genuinely loved it, but my wife was very uneasy the whole night. Have you showed them the Brave Little Toaster? Mm-mm. Have you ever watched that movie? Mm-mm. Well, since this is an uh, audio podcast, I will give you guys this gem here. This is an original animation gel <laughs> from the Brave Little Toaster. <laughs> <laughs> Because that was before movies were made digitally. And What's so he trying to look? He's jumping, he's dancing in this scene at the top of the stairs of the, of oh. the cabin house where well, he is. He does look happy. Now, yeah. Jim, are you a fan of this movie? I am. It's a great movie. It has an amazing soundtrack. And, um, you know, I, and, and I own it. And as much as I would like for my children to be able to watch it, I don't think I'm going to let them see this uh, until, uh, you know, it has anthropomorphistic house appliances that have a fear of abandonment and go on a journey to find their owner. Um, and there are a lot of scary scenes. Um, I'm not sure I'm going to let them see this until they're 10. It's, it's Disney. No, it's not Disney. Yeah. Cause I, I know that there are some pretty big fans of this movie. I just haven't ever watched it. You only need to watch this one. The follow up, the brave little tester goes to Mars. It's like major league three back to the minors or major league two. It just, things didn't need to be made. The story focuses on five household appliances, a toaster, a lamp, a blanket, a radio, and a vacuum cleaner. 
This sounds like a riot. Look who plays the voice of the radio. It's, uh, John Lovitz. It's very good. Phil Hartman is also uh, the vo- a voice. It's, it's good. And has an original score by David Newman. Speaking of uh, kids' movies, so there was recently... Jim, did you show... Did your kids watch uh, Trolls World Tour? No, I don't let my children watch movies. Except I, I let them watch the Winnie the Pooh movie once because I really needed to do some work and I wanted to see how long a movie could hold their attention. Jim, Jim do, do they get screen time at all? Yeah. So what, what do they get to do? They get to watch Pinkalicious, Peppa Pig, Daniel Tiger, Thomas the Tank Engine, because I want them to understand about the authoritarian regime that they live in. <laughs> I was going to say, Thomas the Tank Engine, my daughter was really into that, but I, I'm not a big – I have fond memories of it, but, yeah, it's totally authoritarian. Like, yeah. If you don't pull your weight, I'm going to lock you up in a tunnel <laughs> and put up a brick yes. wall like the yes. cask of Amontillado. Yes. <laughs> it's, it's horrifying. Yeah, I have all of the original uh, books too. So, so they watch on TV, iPad, TV, but 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 no movies. So just shows. Yeah, they've only they've only been able to watch one Winnie the Pooh movie because um, I'm not paying for Disney Plus, and uh, Evil Mickey is not going to get a dime of my my money. I had a point to make about Trolls World Tour, and is that if you like Anna Kendrick in that, does that make you a furry? <laughs> I don't know. It makes you a fan of, of, of weirdly shaped women. Yes. <laughs> I don't know, Thomas. You tell us because you are a fan of Anna Kendrick in everything. Wait. So what? is Anna Kendrick your like Vic Mattis's, um What's her mind? Yes. Whatever. Whatever. Just trying to. She's understand America's sweetheart. No one denies this. Moving on, Jim. So I asked you last week uh, what you've been watching during quarantine, and you said that you haven't really been watching anything. Instead, you've been playing games. Yes. I watched like two episodes of, of the season, current season of Westworld and it kind of had my interest, but I was like, do I really want to stay up that late on Sunday nights? Uh, but my wife let me buy a PlayStation. And so I haven't gamed since the like Xbox. A PS, like a PS one. <laughs> but I haven't played video games since um, we got married and uh, is, and definitely not since we had kids, but some of my old neighbors like playing NHL and so I have NHL and Call of Duty. And so after a frustrating day at the home office, I, I go online and, <laughs> you know, beat up on some people in hockey and, and play Call of Duty. Nice. Thomas is a console gamer as well. Is there a reason you didn't finish Westworld? Uh, except, like, do you like it? I do. I mean, I'll get back to it. But, but just like there are times when I gave up on The Walking Dead when they started pulling this shit with Glenn. Like, is he dead? Tune back next week into the telenovela with zombies, but in English. <laughs> and I'm like, mm, no, fuck this. You know, when you're jerking around the audience like that, like you're plus they, they were filming Alexandria and Georgia. I mean, it didn't look anything like Alexandria. It looked more like Woodbridge. Um, yeah. I, I've heard very divergent opinions on Westworld that makes me hesitant to, to try it's not, it. It's not a show I'd watch with your parents, and it's not a show I watch with my wife. I'll watch the end of it. I know, I know those kind of shows. Yeah, but I, you know, I also said I was going to watch the end of Americans and Schitt's Creek, and I just never did. It's like Sonny has written about, there's just too much content out there, and that's why Sonny is basically a content sommelier. I like that. That's, he's, that's, that's good. He's curating the content for you. Hey, Ryan, I have a question for you. Speaking of stuff that we're watching, you're a huge fan of Ozark. Yeah. I also watched that and gave up on it too. <laughs> See, I've heard so many people talk about 
how the first two seasons are not that good or they're up and down, but the se- season not, three, not for me, you haven't. But, but see, everyone says season three is great, but you you're saying I should watch season one and two even though they're up and down to get to season three, but you're, I, I don't know where you're getting say, this up and down nonsense, but okay. So, so they're all great. Watch uh, them. Um, I, I don't know what your definition of great is, but they're all real. All three seasons are really good. The first season, I can't remember the beginning of the first season. It may have started slow. I cannot remember, but I do remember at least by the middle of the first season, probably by the third episode, it was really good or at least good enough and i thought the second season was better than the first season and i think the third season was about as good as the second season yeah the julia garner character creeps me out because of the americans i mean i love me some laura linney don't get me wrong laura linney is my uh, american sweetheart thomas interesting I feel like Chris has been listening too much to Glop because they, they have really bad opinions on TV shows. Among them, also. Oh, J-Pod did say that about that, but he also Except said... Except for Cheers. <laughs> J-Pod said he's got a lot of problems with Laura Linney, but she's good in this. It's like, what problems do you have with Laura Linney? Can That's you imagine Laura say. Linney doing a monologue in response to J-Pod's problems with her? <laughs> <laughs> she would be really good at that because that, like, that's one of her acting skills. She just kind of like has this like look of disgust. Like she plays like the really kind of wounded spouse pretty well. I mean, I, I have an idea of what happens that she kind of goes from, you know, being reluctant to like being the evil genius. But uh, I, don't, I don't even know what it means to have a lot of problems with an actress. They could be personal in nature. You never know. <laughs> Well, maybe on, maybe, uh, maybe he's been on set and he has problems with her on set. Or, or, or maybe he's DM'd her on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, and she's not replied anywhere. So those add up to many. Or maybe this, is, this isn't maybe, a food delivery service. This is Laura Linney. <laughs> right. Maybe, you know, his wife is a talent agent, right? Maybe they, he met Laura Linney at a party and, and she interrupted him. Yeah, his wife was like a showrunner at NBC, I think. I mean, like, or pay, like she, she had like a really prestigious like job at NBC, and I don't know if she's still there. I didn't work with J Pod. I'm just kind of J Pod adjacent, so I, yeah. I feel comfortable making jokes on a podcast. I doubt he listens to. And if someone <laughs> yeah. snitch, and if someone snitch tags me, whatever. <laughs> John, if you're listening, the jokes were made in good faith. <laughs> well, we so- love J Pod. We have nothing but love for J Pod, even though we know he's not listening. I'm excited about Ozark because my understanding is is it depicts uh, middle America as we ought to be depicted uh, that we're all on meth. Except filmed in Georgia. Cause okay. have, you, have you ever been to the Lake of the Ozarks? No. It's a ginormous man-made lake and it's claimed to fame. You have Thomas? That would yeah. make sense from Illinois. Man-made lake by Ameren. Yeah. He's repping Illinois right there. Uh, that's used for a dam for electricity. That's, you know, dates back to almost like the Tennessee Valley authority. And so because it's a man-made lake, it says it has like the largest shoreline of any lake because they basically like flooded the woods. Thomas, question. Can, can you go noodling there? No, it's too deep. Oh, is noodling a shallow? Oh, guy. Okay, okay. So Transition. This, I have all the time in the world, guys. And Thomas just woke up, so. Transition. We have, we have a new segment, and I don't think anyone's done this before. So uh, we're going to call this segment Kids Say the Darndest Things. Because we all know that our that our kids say things that are hilarious, and so this this yeah, statement happens to me every day. This statement comes from uh, Miss Maggie Taylor, 
uh, Flag uh, shared this with us. And so Maggie is a delightful rapper, and she recently left two uh, – she, she prank called me twice and left messages. And she said this to her dad. She said, I just pooped, and it smelled so bad my eyesight went blurry. <laughs> How else do kids learn about the world than to just experience it? So that's that's the segment. So send in your funny quotes from your kids because they do say some really funny things. And I just thought that kids say the darnest things would be a, a great uh, title for that segment. You're a veritable <laughs> art link letter. Thank like you. When, like when you let your 11-year-old son watch 1917 <laughs> and he comments on, um, you know, when the, the, the German pilot tried to kill the British soldier. And so then the other British soldier got to shoot him and your 11 year old says, Oh good. Now it's not a war crime. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I have another, which wasn't sent to us, but it was tweeted by friend of the show, Shannon last who uh, earlier today tweeted that she walked over to push her toddler on the swing. And the seven year old said, Hey, you want to play the concussion game again? <laughs> Do you guys know about the butterflies quote? Oh yeah. Okay, we don't need to. We don't need to rehash that on there. But if you know about it, it's a great quote. It's fantastic. And that was kids Let's, say the darndest things about the butterfly quote. Let's just say that boys, little boys, love their penises. That's true. So, do I need uh, pen and paper for this quiz, or is this an audio quiz? It's an audio quiz. You will do just fine. So the quiz... Don't answer out loud. Just write them down. And, <laughs> and mail them to us, and we'll grade them. You really uh, miss teaching, don't you? Thomas, question. Do professors still use Scantron sheets? Is that yes. still a thing? Okay. All right. This quiz was designed by our bracket master, Jason Cooper. and He's a master something. Was he master of... Debater. Jim, in your staff profile on the Washington Examiner website, it says that you grew up in Shaker Heights, Ohio. So we have a a few questions here related to that geographical area. Which rapper who grew up in Shaker Heights... Machine Gun Kelly. No. Recently earned his first number one song on the Billboard Hot 100 with his song, The Scots in collab- collaboration with Travis Scott. Uh, my answer is still the same. The only rapper I know from Shaker Heights, Ohio is Machine Gun Kelly. Is it Mac Miller? That no. only makes sense to people who know that he's been dead for a few years. <laughs> <laughs> is it Tupac? Uh, is it Tupac? No. No. The, the correct answer, uh, according to my answer sheet, is Kid Cudi. Cuddy. Cuddy? Yeah. Mm. Whichever. He's got cooties. We, we are giving you high-level humor in this podcast tonight. Question two. According to your Facebook profile, your nickname is Swifty. Mm-hmm. Question. Can we call you Swifty? Sure. Okay. That's, uh, that is is that, is that the correct? Okay. All right. <laughs> do people actually call you Swifty? Does anyone call you Swifty? Um, some people at the Weekly Standard did. No, not really at the Bulwark and... So, you know, people who knew me, it was like I was Jimmy until eighth grade, and then I became Jim for high school, and I've been Jim ever since. But people who knew me up until like in grade school still call me Jimmy. It doesn't bother me. Uh, some people call me Jimmy who don't really know me because that's their way of being chummy. 
you can usually tell if someone's trying to piss you off, but you know, some people are just falsely chummy and I'm like, okay, I can handle it. But no, I don't Chris, get a lot of Swifties these days. Chris, has anyone tried to call you Topher? Chris Deaton, Chris Deaton went no. by Topher. We are aware of that. I can't wait for that wedding invitation. Topher Deaton. I hear they're having their wedding reception at the Prince William Forest. Yeah, I think it's delayed because it's closed to cars and they didn't want everyone to walk in. It was, it was too, it's an 18,000 acre forest and depending on which campsite you get, it could be a pretty big hike. And, you know, getting beer and food there with caterers, tough, tough stuff. Question three. On July 14th, 1994, White Sox manager Gene Lamont acted on a tip and requested that umpires examine Albert Bell's bat. The mm. bat was confiscated and locked in the umpire's dressing room. Following the game, the umpires discovered that the bat was not the bat of Albert Bell. How did they notice a swap, a swap had been made? The bat had the name Sorrento inscribed on it. The umpires demanded the real bat be returned. After confiscating it, again, it was sent off for testing and determined to be corked. Question, which Cleveland Indian teammate admitted years later to climbing through the ceiling to switch Albert's corked bat with the clean bat of Paul Sorrento? <laughs> I remember this story. I remember when the story came out and I remember when it happened. My my answer will be wrong. I th- I, I thought maybe it was Omar Vizquel, but Omar Vizquel was playing, and you couldn't ease because he literally had to do like a Mission Impossible climb through <laughs> the rafters to like go and get it. So my incorrect answer, I, th- I was Omar Vizquel, but um, I thought it was uh, the 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 correct answer is one of the pitchers did it. Yeah, a, I forget dis- which one. Dispatched relief pitcher. Do you guys have any guesses? I can't think of it. Indians relief pitcher from that era. I remember the ones that died in the speedboat accident, but yeah. Who's that? You know, I guess I can't remember them. I remember yeah. that it happened, but I, I remember that it happened. I can't remember their names though. It was like Tim. It was it Tim? Is the answer Tim? No. M T M. The correct answer is relief pitcher Jason Grimsley. Oh, Jason Grimsley. Oh, oh yeah, I know. I know him. Uh, okay, bonus question, Jim. Until 1990, Albert Bell was known as I forget. I I remember. I, I remember he had a nickname. I, the only thing I remember about Albert Bell, other than throwing like stiff arms and baseballs <laughs> at photographers and you know shit at fans, is that one time some kids egged his house on Halloween and he chased them down in the SUV in his SUV, <laughs> and it made the local news. Tell Kurt me the answer. answer is Joey Bell. Joey Bell. Oh, I was gonna say like mm. Juice, but I'm like. You know, for why Jesus did he Bell. change his name? Well, he's like Joseph Albert Bell. It's like, Albert Joan, J O W U A N Bell. I remember, I remember there were like some Don Russ baseball cards. Yeah, yeah. That, I think I have a Joey Bell yeah, baseball card. Yeah. Too. <laughs> Question four Molly Shannon of Saturday Night Live fame is also from Shaker Heights. <laughs> Who is her best Saturday Night Live character? Oh, uh, the one with uh, Will Ferrell, um, where she smells her armpits. Oh God! Because you know that that I should know this because uh, superstar. I'm just gonna go with superstar because that's technically correct. It is Miss Colleen from the dog show sketch with Will Ferrell. So you're close. No, it's it's superstar. It's a different would... sketch, Thomas. 
Yeah, no, which was uh, based on my grade school because Molly Shannon and I went to the same grade school. And every March we would do a fundraiser to like raise money for the school, despite it being in the wealthiest suburb of Cleveland uh, proper. Um, You know, it was not a really rich school. And so we'd raise money and we would do this. Every class did its own act. And that's one of the things that inspired Molly Shannon to go into acting. One of her parents died in a car crash. And then one time she and her friend snuck on a flight to New York and snuck one of the other, one of the other ones in on the luggage. Molly Shannon trivia. Question five. Wesley Lowry of the Washington Post is also from Shaker Heights. Mm-hmm. He has a Pulitzer Prize. Why don't you? He does. It's, it's a shared Pulitzer, but the Pulitzer nonetheless. Right. And so the question is, why don't you? <laughs> but you have a noble. Why don't you have a noble? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Wes, I know Wes. Wes is a good guy. The thing about Pulitzer Prizes is there's a very small category of journalistic reporting that happens in a current, in a, in a, in a calendar year that really qualifies for it, but anyone can nominate themselves for it. So essentially there's like maybe five stories, you know, like Spotlight or, you know, Ferguson or, you know, uh, David Farenthold, the post won one for all of his investigative reporting to Trump during the campaign. There, there's only a very small universe of stories that truly qualify, but then there's like 2000 assholes who like have their friends pay the fee. They're like, hey, can you nominate me for this? Um, so that's the reason why I don't have one. Cause I don't have friends who I would pay to nominate for this. And I don't have no, friends who would, uh, even okay, if I paid well, them extra. That, that, that's wrong. The correct answer is that you were too busy playing with your meat. Question six in the ga- in the fifth game of the 2019 Stanley cup final, the St. Louis blues were gifted a victory after a missed penalty. When Tyler Bozak of the blues took out the knees of Noel at, Achiari, Achiari of the Boston Bruins, mm. which blue scored a goal seconds after the assault, which gave St. Louis the victory. Wait, time out, time out. Before, while Jim's thinking the answer, is his name really Achiari Achiari? He's an Hyphen, actuary. Hy- too. It's a hyphenated <laughs> the actuary. Okay, thank you. Was it Jaden Schwartz? No, incorrect. Do you have a second guess? I don't think it was Tarasenko. Is, no. it Mark, is it Mark Messier? <laughs> also, um, no. Is it Theo Fleury? Peter Forsberg? I wish. He oh, has gosh. one Stanley Cup. And, and I, just wa- I just watched the DVD the other day. So I'm trying to remember. <laughs> is it famous Swede, Temu Solani? Uh, the correct answer, Jim, is David Perron. That, I was, I was, I was going to guess him or Petrangelo. I don't believe that's a real person. David Perron is sort of this kind of like... Stupid tinted tinted mask. Wait, did you say Dana Perino? She's too short. She's like five foot nothing. Question seven. Paul Newman is arguably the most famous person from Shaker Heights. Mm. Is that correct? He's from Shaker Heights. Yeah, his uh, his house was three streets down from mine. Was wait, 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 wait. And you think there are more famous people from Shaker Heights? <laughs> Shaker Heights has a lot of famous people. Who is more famous than Paul Newman? <laughs> He makes salad dressing, Jim. Well, his charity does Roger Penske, you know, I mean. Roger Penske is not more famous than Paul Newman. Yeah, I don't. Go to any city in the South and say, do you know who Paul Newman is? Some people might. Tell them, ask who Roger Penske is. They know. Cool Hand Luke? You don't think Southerners know who Cool Hand Luke is? Not young ones. So the question related to Paul Newman is, Mm -hmm. 
Which of Jim, the salad? Jim, Jim is racist. He doesn't think that Southerners have Newman's own dressing. He thinks they have they, they settle for craft. Sorry. Okay, salad dressings, Thomas. Go ahead. Which of his salad dressings is the best? I don't buy them. The race car one. <laughs> <laughs> I think most people tend to like the vinaigrette. Yes, that is correct. I mean, but there are also like 30 fucking flavors. It's like Baskin Robbins of salad dressings. <laughs> all, all profits go to charity. Yeah, and that was a huge interesting tax implication because um, after he died, there, it's like there's a similar issue with Pabst. Uh, transferring these these charities uh, in between folks after the the kind of principles die gets pretty difficult. So, well, and it's funny. Like, what does that even mean to say all all profits? Like, you could you could make salaries uh, high enough such that there are no profits. Yes, some of some of these answers might seem a bit subjective, but Jason assured me that he's used science. Question eight. In game seven of the 1997 World Series, mm-hmm. which Cleveland Indian relief pitcher blew the save in the ninth inning, which <clears throat> allowed the Marlins to take the game to extra innings where they won it? Jose Mesa. That is correct. Joe Table. My dad's fraternity brother has been the PR person for the Indians since 1978. And when they did uh, an ESPN special on Cleveland's failed attempts at winning championships, you see him in there in the locker room where they've like literally brought in the bottles of champagne with Chief Wahoo on it. You know, they've taped down the lockers, like everything's ready and they have the trophy and it's in there and it's in its case and everything's ready to go. But like the ninth inning comes around and everything goes out. And one of the players came in to like go to the bathroom because it was an old stadium. You know, the Marlins were playing in and there wasn't like a quick bathroom off the dugout. And he saw all of this. He was he was convinced that's what jinxed them. But Jose Mesa <laughs> and Omar Vizquel have always had like Vizquel wrote a book and was just blaming Mesa for it. And Mesa beamed the shit out of him for years. <laughs> That was sad. That was a sad World Series. I mean, they all were for the Indians in my lifetime. (laughs) Question nine is a fill-in-the-blank question. There is... Haven't all of them been? (laughs) I have no idea what you're talking about. There is one blank restaurant for every 764,000 people in the United States. White Castle. Yes, that is correct. Which apparently is stolen from your Facebook profile. Yes. That, that was a little trivia piece that they used to have in the bottom of the slider boxes. Do you actually from, like White Castle? I love White Castle. As I've said before, just the chicken rings. The chicken rings are good, but the chicken breast, you see the White Castle uh, thing I have up there? Yeah. Mm-hmm. The chicken breast sandwiches are actually really good. I understand. I'm not going to push the burgers on people and say they're the best thing. It's like, I, I, I like White Castle because it's a lot like me. There aren't many people who are undecided on what they think of it. Question 10. Thomas, how many questions are there? No kidding. 13. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. There are four more. Okay. Jason really wanted to put his stamp on this episode, didn't he? (laughs) Okay. I just did a 30-question trivia for our our work Zoom earlier, and they called it after 20 questions. They're like, these questions are too hard. They're too long. We're just calling it. (laughs) We'll do this quickly. Question 10. What was the name of the film from the second season winners of Project Greenlight? 
The Battle of Shaker Heights with Shia LaBeouf and Amy Smart. Correct. Which was written by Mark Hemingway's college friend. But it was filmed in California. Oh, are, are Amy and Smart and Shia LaBeouf Shaker Heights natives? No, the, the, the author was from Ohio and basically it's like everyone she knows knows someone in Ohio from Shaker Heights. And it was just like, I'll make this it. But it has palm trees. It's an interesting movie. Shia LaBeouf is <laughs> fuck Amy Smart. He's like his friend's older sister. It doesn't really work out. He's a war reenactor. Um, you know, there's a cute girl at the supermarket who's down. And, you know, it's, it's like a coming of age sort of tale written by some, someone who's pretty good at it, but then had to rely on Ben Affleck to edit it. I didn't, I didn't read the book, but I really recently watched the Hulu miniseries, um, Little Fires Everywhere, which is yep. about Shaker Heights in the late 90s. And it was filmed there, too. Largely. Oh, was it? Yeah. yeah my, my wife was watching it and I go up and I, I have no interest in it really. Sorry, mm. Celeste Ng. But I am like, oh, Mike, do you remember that? And my wife's like, you and I were dating for like three years and I went to Shaker Heights like maybe seven times. Like, I, <laughs> No, I don't remember that. No, I don't. Can I watch the show? I'm like, okay. Question 11. How many Indianapolis 500s has Shaker Heights, has Shaker Heights Heights? It's hates. It's hates. <laughs> How many Indianapolis 500s does Shaker hate? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Wait, did you, did you come up with this question on the fly? Or was this actually a question? <laughs> How many Indianapolis 500s has Shaker Heights <laughs> native Roger Penske won as a team owner? <laughs> did you come up with that on your own? Or is this actually? No. <laughs> it's just... How many Indianapolis 500s has he won as a team owner? See, that's what, what, is, what is amusing you. Is it is it Shaker Heights native? Is it like you struggling to say that? Is that what is amusing you right now? <laughs> or just that this is the 12th to 13 questions? <laughs> it's only the 11th. Jim, oh, how many? Good. Even better. He's won more than anyone. That's why he's famous, right? Yeah, but that's that's not a give me a number. Uh it's like it's less than twenty. It's like eighteen. That is correct. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. R- Rain Man strikes again. Yeah, but I can't remember shit about my favorite baseball team in the mid nineties <laughs> when I was in fourth grade. But like <laughs> racing, which I don't give a shit about, but I know that like Roger Penske's from Shaker Heights and yeah. I'm from Indianapolis, and I had I assumed that Roger Pinsky was from Indianapolis my entire life until just right now. I've never heard of Roger Pinsky. I, I I've heard of Pensky, like that's a thing, but yeah. I, I assumed it was a character from Seinfeld. Okay, so like he's like a, a partner with Tim Watley at the at the dental practice. Question twelve: In okay. two thousand and seven and two thousand and eight. The Cleveland Indians had pitchers win the American League Cy Young Award. Both pitchers were traded in the middle of the season after their Cy Young year. Both pitchers ended up starting game one of the 2009 World Series on separate teams, neither being the Indians. Who are these pitchers, Jim? I can't think of the second one. I can't think of the other one. I know one, yeah. I know yeah. one. I know one. I'm trying to think of the other one too. Kirsten Charles. Well, he used to be. I met him. I'm blanking. What did you just say? 
uh, I'm assuming the, one of the answers is CC Sabathia. Yes. Oh, C. C. I was thinking of Cliff Lee. The other one I was thinking of was Cliff Lee. And for the, I it too. Yeah. For the I couldn't remember Cliff Lee. I remember CC Sabathia because he was a rookie in high school and he came to one of our football games and I got. Oh. So, so Sabathia used to be Carson Charles CC, but yeah. then he eliminated that and he just became CC with no periods. It's just CC. And you know what? He never even came up with a marketing promotion for CeCe's Pizza. Yeah. <laughs> Missed opportunity. That was a real big miss. because He did a- some of uh, Michael Jordan's business sense. And, and Cliff Lee was an incredibly late bloomer. Mm-hmm. Yes. I mean, mm-hmm. he, was, he was not much for the Indians until maybe his last two years. Mm. Well, and that's how you, the Indians players tend to work. <laughs> they get good and then they leave. Like you're, he, he really only had like one or two good seasons for the Phillies as well. But he made a lot of money. Yeah. But yeah. but like you're under team control for six full years and like he didn't even yeah, make, make any noise until like the last two. It's he's a weird, weird player. Question thirteen. On July eighteenth, two thousand and twelve, Shaker Heights native and actor Fred Willard was arrested for committing a, a inappropriate act at the Tiki Theater symposium in hollywood what was the name of one of the adult films he watched uh, <laughs> uh, harry potter hold on uh, we don't he was caught beating off we don't we don't bad mouth fred, fred willard on this show i'm not i'm not gonna stand for this listen well fred fred willard is a comedic genius I, I've never heard of this person until 30 seconds ago. What? Are you kidding that me? Oh, I'm, 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 I'm efforting this right now. Fred Willard uh, is great. Are you Googling porn movies? What are you doing, Jim? No, so Fred Willard still alive. Is it Debbie Does Shaker Heights? <laughs> the, the, the three movies that he apparently watched were Follow Me Too, The Client List Parody, and Stepdad Number Two. Which is a classic. Follow okay. Me 2 is, is a sequel, or is it like Follow Me 2 dot dot dot? Uh, a sequel. Follow the, Me to a sequel. The Zoo. Follow Me to The Bathroom. You should look up, you should look up his Wikipedia page, because I think my mouse just died scrolling through the amount of television shows and yeah. movies he's been in. Because he's amazing. And, Would I recognize and him? If he's I... in, yes, he's in the new uh, Netflix Space Force movie, too. Well, never going to see that. Series, excuse me. Why? That looks funny. That looks very funny. He, he was in This Is Spinal Tap. Hey, I recognize this guy. Yeah, yeah. I'd be offended if you didn't recognize him. Today I learned. Uh, anyway, question 14. No, I'm kidding. We're done. <laughs> that's it this, this wasn't as good of i mean it was a good it was a more difficult quiz but i did not perform as well as i did the last time when i was more of a rain man you you got chef boyardee last time thomas chris i have a new segment uh another new segment mm-hmm. yeah okay so on, i mean so the, the other one was cute kids are cute but this one is an edifying segment i i thought that i would introduce our listeners to some literature I guess I didn't look this up, but I assume that uh, that this. I'm just going to do a reading from a great novel. I'm assuming that my memory serves me. That is his name, Jonathan Franzen. That 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 his uh, novel, The Corrections, won the Pulitzer Prize. Is that correct, Jonathan Franzen? I don't know what his book is called. The, the Corrections is great. 
Um, but I'm going to do a brief reading from his uh, subsequent novel, uh, Freedom. I haven't read his most recent one, but uh, Freedom and the corrections are, are both quite good. Uh, I also heard uh, in an article that came out maybe five years ago that he considered adopting a kid just just for like <laughs> – so he could come up with some book ideas. <laughs> what? And, and that wasn't uh, accepted well by the public, but – uh, I've heard worse reasons for adopting kids. <laughs> so he's sure. not the, not can, the best. I can think of a few worse reasons for adopting kids. <laughs> not the best human being, but a great novelist. And so, so here's a reading um, starting from page 431 of uh, his novel, Freedom. <clears throat> he lay there interminably, manually monitoring his boner, trying to keep it halfway up. From outside came neighings, distant clangings, the crowing of a rooster, the rural sounds of anywhere. As Jenna continued to sleep, or pretend to, a roiling announced itself in his bowels. Despite his best resistance, the roiling increased until it was an urgency that trounced all others. He padded into the bathroom and locked the door. In his shaving kit was a kitchen fork that he'd brought for the extremely disagreeable task ahead of him. He sat clutching it in a sweaty hand as his shit slid out of him. There was a lot of it, two or three days worth. Through the door, he heard the telephone ring, their 6.30 wake-up call. <laughs> he knelt on the cool floor and peered into the bowl at the four large turds afloat in it. I to see the glint of gold immediately. The oldest turd was dark and firm and noduled. The ones from deeper inside him were paler, already dissolving a little. Okay, okay. Can although, on, although he, like all people, secretly enjoyed the smell of his own farts. <laughs> the smell of his shit was something else. It was so bad as to seem evil in a moral way. I'm not the host of the call, I can't mute him. He poked one of the softer turds with a fork, okay. trying to rotate it and examine it underside, but it bent and began to crumble, clouding the water brown. And he saw that this business of a fork had been a wishful fantasy. The water would soon be too turbid to see a ring through, and if the ring broke free of its enveloping matter, it would sink to the bottom and possibly go down the drain. Why yeah, wouldn't he shit? If he's in a hotel, why wouldn't he shit in the bathtub? What was his purpose of having the? What was like his? What was the dream? Not was, a dream. Not a dream. A, not a dream. Fantasy? What did you say? What the fuck do you read? <laughs> This is a novel published by a Pulitzer Prize-winning novelist. He had no choice but to lift out each turd and run it through his fingers. And he had to do I mean, this quickly. Who among before... us hasn't rifled through our bell <laughs> movements? Before, uh, this things is... got, before things got too waterlogged. This is a fiber-rich story. This is, this is like that scene from Apollo 13 where the wedding ring falls down the, the drain at the motel, but like totally fucked up. Right. <laughs> Holding his breath. Jonathan Franzen had written the Apollo 13 screenplay. <laughs> Question for you married men. Uh, do you wear your wedding ring during coronavirus? Yeah. Well, why not? I don't. I don't like wearing rings. It, it makes it harder to type. It, it, how how uh, fucked is your ring? 
That mine's made of tungsten carbide. It makes me less lucky when I go out. Well, I wear it when I go out, but I'm saying like at home. I mean, there like an entire week will go by, and I it's just sitting here in my office. See, I would try the opposite. You like wear yeah, it at home, true. but not when you go out. No, I, I, yeah, I honestly though, when you wear it when you go out, the you get hit on a lot. Oh right, the stop sign is like some ladies, yeah. you know, like the red light, green light. Yeah, yeah. Holding his oh. breath, his eyes watered. Fur- no, his Chris, eyes watering Chris, furiously. Chris, is there a point to this? He grasped the most promising turd and let go oh, of his latest God. fantasy, which was that one hand would suffice. He had to use both hands, one to hold the shit and the other to pick through it. (laughs) He retched once, dryly, and got to work pushing his fingers into the soft and body warm and surprisingly lightweight log of excrement. Jenna knocked on the door. What's going on in there? Transition. Just a minute. What's going on in there? Jerking off? I said, just a minute. I have diarrhea. Oh, can you at least hand me a tampon? In a minute. Mercifully, the ring turned up in the second of the turds he broke apart. A hardness amidst softness. A clean circle within chaos. He rinsed his hand as well as he could in the filthy water, flushed the toilet with his elbow, and bore the ring to the sink. What is the point of using his elbow at that point? He's, he's been digging around the toilet. <laughs> and he's like, oh, I'm going to use my elbow to flush the toilet. That'll... Whoever this character is, it's an idiot. It sounds like yeah. they're in a hotel room. Take a shit in the shower. Go through that stuff real quick. Turn on the shower. Hey, I didn't feel well. I wanted to take a shower. It all goes away. <laughs> I just rewrote the chapter for clarity. That's my editing experience <laughs> right there. Hey, Dear uh, writer, people quite a bit turgid fucking waters. Jim, this is why you haven't won a Pulitzer. This reminds me of when I was at the 2008 Republican convention. I got I got put with a random roommate, and I was working as a like a professional staffer for the convention for a week. And last night, everyone was just getting toasted, and I had an early flight, so I I went out early. I you know I had some beers, and I went home, packed up, fell asleep in the hotel room. Guy I was staying with came back at like 4 a.m. And I heard him pissing. I'm like, he's missing the toilet. I'm like, ah, fuck it. I need to shower in the morning or something. And I went in the morning and I, and I looked and I realized I left my toothbrush um, uh, in, in, over by the sink. He had peed all over the floor. And because the floor was so perfectly straight, it was an entire layer of pee that covered the entire floor of the Holiday Inn hotel room across from the Excel Center where the uh, Minnesota Wild play. And so what I did was I reached and I grabbed the towels and I threw them down and made a little path, grabbed my toothbrush, and then I spread out the towels so it would soak some stuff up. But then the guy wouldn't have any towels to shower with. That's fair. Dumbass. I looked up Jonathan Franzen on Wikipedia. Number one, he looks like someone who would write that. Number two, uh, he apparently hates ebooks and is an idiot. <laughs> Well, ebooks, you know, like you can't dig through them like you can <laughs> turds. The stench was appalling. He washed his hands in the ring and oh the faucets three times with lots of soap, while Jenna outside the door complained that breakfast was in 20 minutes. And it was a strange thing to feel. I know, what's for breakfast. <laughs> but, 
but he definitely felt it when he emerged from the bathroom with the ring on his ring finger. And Jenna rushed past him and then reeled out again, squealing and cursing at the stench. He was a different person. He could see this person so clearly. It was like standing outside himself. He was the person who'd handled his own shit to get his wedding ring back. This wasn't the person he thought he was or would have chosen to be if he'd been free to choose. Did is this you, novel called you Purity? And then splash around in the toilet there? Or is brown stuff all over the walls? How did the ring... Did he eat the ring? But there was something comforting and liberating about being an actual definite someone right. rather than a collection of contradictory potential someones. Um, oh, so not- here's a story from Jezebel in 2015 because I googled Jonathan Franzen poop. <laughs> uh, the title of this story is uh, from Jezebel, which I think doesn't exist anymore. I don't know. It was part of the Gawker thing. Uh, quote, a little clitoris of discernment. Jonathan Franzen can't write sex. <laughs> the hot hungry microcosm of patty's c-word so this is all from purity then and then they've made a bunch of memes about him which i love memes okay well that was an interesting segment so uh are you are you is that over chris are we done i you know what we, we, we can be done i just wanted to elevate the culture of our listenership and i, I could see that it wasn't received well you don't know how it's going to be received yet. At least we know what it takes to win a Pulitzer. Well, to be clear, he won the Pulitzer with his previous novel. And, and so this is what you do after you win one is you write about things like this. It's like getting tenure. Yeah, it's a, <laughs> yeah. It's a, it's a celebratory uh, lap. It's a celebratory lap. It, it don't make sense now. It's like Mickey Rooney uh, pooping in the chimney. <laughs> Okay, so transition. So since we have Jim on the podcast, uh, Jim, a uh, question for you. Do you have mm-hmm. any grilling or barbecue tips for audience that you think that they should adapt in their own cooking? Oh, sure. I, I mean, I've, I've loved barbecuing um, ever since I, you know, um, was, was a young kid. My dad was a pretty, uh, my dad was a pretty simple barbecuer. I mean, we, we had a 22-inch Weber kettle for most of uh, most of my childhood, and I always liked barbecuing with him. And then we, we got uh, a Weber gas grill a little bit later in life, but went off to college. And you know, my dad worked in a slaughterhouse, so he he loved he just he just loves cooking meat, um, which is weird for someone who killed pigs. Um, Question: Do you use gas today? No, I, I use charcoal. On uh, I have two grills, which we'll talk about in a second. Uh, in college, you know, those shitty little park grills, the open air ones with, you know, you see at parks. One of my fraternity brothers, his family ran a uh, meat company in, in Columbus, and he would always come back every, like from every break, just like s- replete with steaks and, and meats and good cuts for, and, and you know, huge things of, of beef and, and chicken and, and wings and everything for our, our, our fraternity rushes. So I always loved cooking out with him. And when I moved off campus, we had gas grills at the first apartment I lived in. And then my mom won a contest where I won a Miller Lite keg grill. Um, so I had one of those and a little Weber Smoky Joe. Um, wait, wait, wait. What's what's a keg grill? Is that what yeah. it sounds like? Is it a keg with a no, grill? I, I, I wish it was. Like, if it, <laughs> if it, if it, if it, no, if it was literally like a keg that was like cut in half and turned into a grill, you know, and with vents put in, that would be pretty awesome. But it was like a, a 
you know, kind of cheap grill that was like shaped like a keg. It oh, was, you okay. know, it, was, it had a good, it had a good surface area. So I had uh, that. But but it's it's laid on its like side. It's like if you put yeah. the keg on the side, yeah, right? and yeah. you just pop it up. Qu- so question, question: mm-hmm. Students at St. Louis University allowed to use Miller Lite grills? Uh, well, that's why I lived off campus. Um, I mean, the Bush family donated a lot of money. Um, plus if I lived on campus, you know, uh, where would I have stored it? You can't grill on balconies cause it's typically illegal in most places. Well, um, w- would you be a pariah if you drank Miller in St. Louis? No. I mean, lots okay. of people from Milwaukee went to school there and Miller is actually pretty popular in Cleveland historically cause it's more of a Northern city. So, I mean, I drink it, but you know, I, I'm more of a bud fan anyway. Um, so when I moved out to DC, I gave away that grill because it wasn't that great. And I stupidly gave away my little Weber Smoky Joe. And Weber grills last for a very long time. And so when I moved out here, I couldn't find one. And this was before Amazon Prime. So my grilling was on a crappy little Chinese Coleman grill. You know, like it was like $20. It was horrible when I lived in someone's basement. So then I had a Smoky Joe, which I still have, but I currently use a PK or portable kitchen grill, which is um, a, a cast iron or aluminum grill that's made in Little Rock, Arkansas. And it's also a smoker. So I, I use charcoal. I'm a huge fan of it. Um, I think everyone should grill if you can, if it's feasible to do so. Um, and if you have the space, you should probably get gas and charcoal because as much as charcoal grilling is nice, um, there is added benefit to my kids need to eat. And I don't want to preheat the oven and wait 40 minutes to put in chicken tenders. Um, you know, that's, I think, the biggest utility of gas grills um, is just the convenience. Um, some people like the wood pellet grills that are like Traegers, but those are like easy bake ovens for adults. Um, you know, <laughs> uh, there, there is a science to maintaining, uh, or maybe less of a science and more of an art to maintaining the, the smoke to wood, uh, to charcoal ratio and in, in smoking a brisket or something. So I like, I really like smoking things. What, what, what about to me, they seem like high tech grills, like the infrared stuff. Yeah. Well, infrared doesn't have to be electric. I mean, infrared uh, can be indirect cooking. Um, I have something called grill grates, which are these anodized aluminum rails and you could flip them over and also turn them into a griddle for smash burgers. Um, it, it basically, I mean, they, they, because they're aluminum, they contain heat really well. Um, and you know, it, it deals with flare ups. Um, so that, that's, I'd say infrared is better than sous vide. I, I don't mean to shit on sous vide, but like the idea of like putting your steak in like a Ziploc bag and taking the air out of it and then the boiling it for a while just to finish it on a stove to me, just, it seems a little too European. Um, you know, this is America. We like to, we like to grill. So what do you grill? I most I, I mostly smoke brisket and ribs, um, but I also like making um, uh, chicken wings. Uh, but you know, uh, when we had the girl's birthday last October, you know, I was just flipping out hamburgers. Uh, today it was raining; otherwise, I would have broken out the grill. And, and I like cooking steaks. And infrared is really good for steaks and sort of the grill grades. But today I uh, I brought, got out my cast iron skillet and I basically made my own Five Guys type hamburger. And my nanny was not very appreciative of making the kitchen smell like a five guys. But I had a rough day and I needed, I needed a big double burger with lots of cheese and a one and hot sauce. So you're saying you want to make sure that all your guests would have five guys in them. Yes. So do you have any grilling or smoking secrets that you would like to share with our audience that works really well for you? Um, I think everyone's preference is different. You know, you'll meet someone 
uh, from Texas and they'll be like, Oh God, you can only use salt and pepper on a brisket. Um, you know, salt and pepper on a brisket works fine. If you, if you smoke it appropriately, I don't know. I like some of the different flavor profiles. Um, you know, when you grew up in Cleveland, Cleveland is not known for its barbecue. I mean, we did have some local barbecue chains, but like Cleveland barbecue is not really a thing. Um, you know, uh, Kansas city style, uh, barbecue and St. Louis is less of a style. It's like a cut of ribs, but they're like, it's St. Louis style ribs. It's just like, no, St. Louis style barbecue is not really a thing. Um, then there's Memphis and then there's, the Texas and then there's the, the North and South Carolinas, which are different. And I appreciate, um, all of them just like, you know, if you're going to hand me a cold beer, unless it's like really bad, uh, I will drink it. Uh, I will, I will eat your barbecue. So I think it's about finding out, um, what flavor profile you like. Um, I'm a really big fan of Tony Satry's Cajun seasoning and, uh, Cavender's, which is a Arkansas seasoning. You know, it's just about trying out new seasonings and, and, you know, experimenting. I have a very famous hamburger that I make called the Bomble Burger that I uh, invented back in college. And it's, um, it's a very difficult burger to make because it's like the size of a softball. Um, so it's, it's hard to make without burning it because of all of the different ingredients and types of cheeses that it has, uh, in it. But I found that as opposed to on gas, it's much easier to make on my PK grill because of, uh, because of its heat conduction is much better. Bumble burger. I, I missed that movie. I, I kind of, uh, got tired of the transformers movies after the first one. You're talking about Bumblebee. <laughs> what did you say? Bumble burger. My my Twitter handle used to be Bumble, which was a college nickname, other than Swifty. Okay, uh, okay. So okay, so Jim, I, I've been googling this stuff because I received bad advice when I moved into my house in 2012, and I bought a, a Weber gas grill, which has served me well. Yeah, but no, they're but, they're good grills. But but charcoal is the way to go. I and, think so. And until my gas grill dies, and it, it's a great. And the thing about Weber gas grills is that they have replaceable parts. Yes. So so they they can last a long time. I've replaced uh, the grates, the flavorizer bars, and then just last week I replaced the thermometer that broke, and it's really cheap to replace. But I'm so I'm looking. At, so I my intention was to buy just a very basic Weber charcoal grill whenever this dies. Mm-hmm. But uh, I never, Chris, I, I, it, it, Chris, is the reason you bought your current grill that it showed up in some sort of leaflet at your house and there was a Star Wars ad attached <laughs> to it? <laughs> So you don't know this, Jim, but the reason why Chris recently bought new kitchen oh, appliances... Oh, I was trying to it, think of what you were... Okay, okay, yeah. It's because it all showed up within because a big Daisy Star Ridley told them to. Yeah. It was not in a leaflet. I went to the appliance store and there was a. He saw ad. Daisy Ridley and said, <laughs> let's get this kitchen appliance. Wait, did the Dole Bananas co-branding that didn't make any sense to me, did that work for you? Did you just buy a shit ton of bananas because they had Star Wars stickers on them? Well, now that you mention it, I have been buying a lot of bananas recently. But there are different. There, there are a bunch of varieties, a bunch of brands of appliances. So why don't you just buy a Weber kettle now? They're like 150 bucks. Well, only, only one of the appliance brands was endorsed by Daisy Ridley. Why don't you send a Twitter message to Daisy Ridley and say, Daisy, I'm an American, and I want to know what your favorite brand of barbecue grills are. And she'll probably tell you a big green egg. Well, probably, but those are, those are crazy expensive. Yeah. 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 Like, I, I, I just like, I don't need a, I don't need a thousand dollar charcoal grill when, but, but so anyway, you mentioned well, Smokey Joe. Is it Ridley British? Yeah. They don't, they probably don't charcoal. They don't probably don't grill food. Do they? They're, <laughs> yeah. they're like, it rains hey. too much. 
Yeah, let's, too much. let's boil the meat. Um, <laughs> I I'd never, I had, I had never heard of a Smoky Joe. I Googled it, it's and like, like a, I'm super. Bread. Yeah, I'm super intrigued. Like it's portable, and for thirty five or forty five bucks, you can get a little thing that like doesn't matter where you live. Uh, you can move it outside. You can move it back inside when you're done. Mm-hmm. And I, I did some further googling. Inside and outside. All right. And um, is the carbon monoxide. Wait, I mean, what I'm saying is, depending on your outdoor space, if you don't have wait a second, your you can own cook patio, on it outside, and then when it's not cooking, you can take it inside. Is that what you're telling? Yes, <laughs> but don't store it on your balcony because that's often a crime in many jurisdictions because of the uniform fire code. Or I'm saying if. If like it would get stolen if you left it outside, that's that's all I'm saying. So it's for, it's forty five bucks. I've had one for ten years. It's got a little rust on the little bottom part, but it's not like like the kettle isn't rusting. And if those parts rusted away, like the Weber charcoal grill, I could just buy new ones. Right, right. Or I could just buy an entire new one. But I have a sen- I'm I'm kind of, I'm a sentimental guy, and like why would I get rid of a perfectly good grill? And and what's amazing is it looks like you can just throw it in your trunk. Yes. And take it out and have a picnic. But, okay, so I was Googling some more. So that one's only 14 inches. So, like, not, yeah. a, not a lot of grill space. Uh, for for, for a, just seven. A fast bender. <laughs> you, can, you, can cook, you can easily cook. You know what's funny, Ryan? Is four on that. They call it the fast bender. Weber markets it as the fast bender. Well, okay, so they will sell you a 20-inch called the Weber Jumbo Joe. Jim, are you familiar? Yeah, uh, that the Jumbo came Joe out after I bought it. 20 inches, and it's only $70, and it's portable. It's like it's got a handle. Mm-hmm. I, I could see the advantage of that compared to – it's not that much more for like a 21-inch, like one that just – like it's taller. I guess the disadvantage is like you've got to crouch down to flip the meat, right? Yeah. Or, do you, or do you put it on a table? Uh, you wouldn't want to put it on a t- – I mean, you know, the reason why they don't allow, typically allow you to grill on balconies is because, it, you know, the, the heat's proximity could, in theory, get the wood caught on fire. I mean, I had a stone balcony, which I used to grill illegally on like crazy until the fire, the Fairfax Fire Department came and told me not to. You could do it on a table um, or you could take it to a park and put it on top of the grates, you know, of, of one of those sure. grills that hobos probably pee on. Um, I was going to say, I bet JVL does a lot of grilling on public park grates. <laughs> you know, J- JVL, uh, I don't think grills very much. Um, I, I mean, he was in, he was into yeah. that diet stuff, but I, you know, I helped him, he and me and flash were cooking burgers for one of the SSEU events. And I mean, it's not that he didn't know what he was doing. He definitely knew what he was doing, but like you can tell someone who obsesses over grilling and someone who just knows how to grill. And I think he's more of a, I know how to grill guy, you know, like, which am I? I've been to the Weber Grill restaurant in Chicago, and that's the extent of my Weber grilling. But is there a, is that a real? It, that's like being a candy yeah. sommelier and saying you've been to the Peep Store <laughs> at National Harbor because there's a Weber Grill restaurant in St. Louis too. Um, but oh. you know Weber Weber. I mean, they still make these uh, grills in Palatine, Illinois. Um, so Thomas, you should get one cause it's an Illinois tie. I really like my PK PK is about 400 bucks and it's a little bit nicer and more advanced and, and doesn't rust cause it's made of aluminum, but Weber grills are great. And I think for the price, they're fantastic. And I, I have, right. a, 40, yeah. the, I have like, a $40 grill that's lasted yeah. 10 years. I could cook on it tomorrow and it'd be great. 
so, so JVL refers to meat as murder meat. Like that's got to be an issue with like why he's not super into it. Is it he just he he thinks meat is like immoral or gross or what? He's gone through some phases. You know, I think a lot of this is, um, you know, he's not a Catholic and um, he's very serious uh, about the, the life issue. Despite hating pets, you know, like he hates dogs um, and he's very clear. But he doesn't that. want to eat them. Right. Um, you know, some, some shoot, societies he'll, eat. He'll shoot, he'll shoot your dog, but he won't yeah. eat it. But I think everything goes in. You, know, you think back to the PETA thing. Does your food have a face? It's like I've eaten pigeon before, you know, because in in North Africa they they raise them like chicken. You know, it's not like the Did, pigeon pigeon that's. Were eating, you in North you Africa? In North Africa eating it? Yeah, I was. Uh, I ate it in. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I thought you were I mean, just like you, you hey, know what they say. They eat this in North Africa, okay? No, I mean if you bought, if you got a pigeon off the street here and like shot its head off with a BB gun, it would probably have like a shit ton of plastic in it because it's been pecking around and like eating, you know, six pack rings sure sure so yeah yeah and so i recommend i i highly recommend weber for people who are not big grillers they're fantastic grills they last a long time if you were looking to spend a little bit more and you want to experiment with smoking you can smoke on webers but they have to be really big because of the indirect heat so you couldn't easily Mm -hmm. smoke on one of the little guys um but if you got like one of the big because because you like you just take all the coals on one side and then put the meat on the other side. Right. And the way the PKR, and you know, it's a sort of rectangular shape, right? And it opens this way. Um, and so, and it has two vents on top, two on bottom. So you like close the vents. Whereas, you know, the kettle grill of the Weber has one vent on the bottom and one on top. So you would have to like move the lid to be on the other side of where the coals are. So the, the heat would go that way and smoke. You can do it. And they make these little attachments and everything. Uh, and it's fine, but it's just easier on the PK. And I've like, it was the one thing I got when we moved here. Like my wife got to pick all the couches and all these other sorts of things. I got the grill. That was it. (laughs) So what you're saying in summation is when in North Africa, eat pigeon. Yeah. It tastes like chicken. Okay. So Jim, can you tell me what is it that makes, what are they called? Little green egg? What? Yeah, well, there, there's little green egg, there's the big green egg, and then okay. there's the Kamado Joe, which is like, if the big green egg is like a Lexus, the Kamado is like a Toyota Corolla. You can get it at Sam's oh. Club, and it's like a third of the price. Okay. It's so, a big ceramic is, egg. Is it the ceramic, is it the material that's, why are the green eggs so expensive? Because it's a shit ton of ceramic that, um, it, it, it's, it's, it's almost a very similar reason as to why if you bought a enameled cast iron Dutch oven, um, the, the, the process of enameling these things is, is not cheap and it's not easy to do environmentally. But if you wanted to go buy an unenameled lodge cast iron Dutch oven, you could go to Walmart and get one for 50, 50 bucks. But if you went to Sur La Table or Le Creuset, it's like 600, you know, um, there's really no huge difference in quality. It's just cast iron. Um, and Lodge also makes a good cast iron grill, by the way. It's very heavy and probably doesn't cool down as quickly as a Smoky Joe. I've been wanting to get one of those or one of the can cookers, but, you know, i got to pick <clears throat> my battles with the wife. But, but so, so I, I want to – so, Jim, during the summer uh, here, we go fishing a lot, and we like to, to smoke our fish. Mm-hmm. Uh, our, our smoker is really advanced. It, it is a, a barrel that used to contain oil or gasoline or whatever – we wash it out, we cut it open in one end, uh, we put it on a few bricks, we light a fire underneath, we put 
I don't know, juniper or whatever inside it. Then we lower the fish in it and then we put the lid on and that smokes the fish. Yeah, they sell, they sell custom-made versions of those. Like I think Cecil has one of those. It works really well. Like I bought a bunch of oil when it went negative. Or excuse me, they paid me for the oil. And I got all of these 55-gallon drums just sitting in my storage room. So <laughs> once I use, once I start driving again and find a – well, I have to find a way to refine it first. But <laughs> once I get the, the West Texas Intermediate and uh, find a way to refine it, I, uh, I, I hope to turn one of those into a different smoke or two. If you're going to start spending a bunch of money on a grill – I mean, I think the PK is a good step up for, for smoking purposes. I, I, I made the joke about Traegers earlier. There's nothing really wrong with Traegers. It just kind of takes the fun out of it where you just like beep boop and you push a button and it's just like it's spitting wood pellets in and, you know, it's fire and forget. Cool. You know, like it's like you're playing Call of Duty and you have a javelin missile. Javelin missiles are way more effective, but they're nowhere near as fun as an RPG because of the chaos, right? <laughs> but I w- but I'd recommend like trying if if you if you think that like, and I'm part of a a grilling group on Facebook for people who with PKs, and some of these people uh, who have lots of land will share. They have like grilling pavilions, and they have like eleven fucking grills, and you're like, well, how good like of a husband ho- are home? you? At home, they have yeah, like they have like a grilling pavilion in their backyard, like like it's a campground. And then you see like there's a Weber kettle, there's a PK, there's like a really old PK, there's a Kamado Joe, there's a big green egg, you know, like there's one of those like you go to Sam's Club and there's like one of those uh, ra- open range thing. I mean, like it's just insane. And you're like, how does your wife let you get away with this? Are you that good at cooking? I mean, like I'm good at cooking, but like if I told my wife tonight I was I was going to buy another grill for hundreds of dollars, she'd be like, ah. Uh. Uh, I mean, I had to, I had to fight for a PlayStation. Okay. You know, <laughs> if I told her I wanted a Kamado Joe, she's like, what does it do differently than that PK? It sounds to me like you need to talk to JVL because somehow he has talked his skeptical wife into allowing him to have like a dozen watches, which well, we- she bought him one for her anniversary. Yeah. For his birthday. This week, yes. Oh, no, but she also bought him yeah. the o- yeah. Omega. He calls it Omega. I always thought it Omega. was Omega. Yeah. Uh, the, the, the Omega's, you know, Seamaster for their like the, wedding anniversary. The C word, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I try not to go too crazy on anniversary gifts because it just seems like you're making yourself poorer. I had a conversation with some people from the SCCU the other day about – the, the thing or the hobby that you have that you spend a lot of money on. And so like for me, for example, it is uh, computers and video games and whatnot for Christians, Bibles. But like, Jim, what's your thing? Uh, my career in political journalism. It's Richard Nixon campaign paraphernalia. <laughs> no, no, no. It's that I, I, I still continue to work in conservative political journalism with not great future prospects in the field. <laughs> well, uh, well, a reasonable you know. person would have tried to find a different career field after the Weekly Standard closed. <laughs> but you know what? I'm a glutton for punishment. So, uh, Thomas, your thing is gaming consoles. Ryan, what's yours? Closets. For kids. Closets. <laughs> I keep making new recording closets. Mine used to be guns before I got married. Like, I have a lot of guns. Do you, do you still have them? Yeah. Are, are you allowed to fire them anywhere in the D.C. metro area? Yeah, right in the house. <laughs> <laughs> no, they have shooting no ranges. That. They have shooting ranges around here, but they're very expensive. I mean, to... Are, are, are the shooting ranges and baseball fields the same thing? <laughs> <laughs> no. That was terrible. I'm sorry. 
But, you know, like in Missouri, when I lived in Missouri, the, the state conservation authority had a shooting range and you could rent a lane for $3 an hour. Here, it's like 25 minimum. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, I, I think if, if you're willing to drive half an hour here, which <laughs> doesn't sound like much when you're in, in D.C., I'm sure. Half an hour gets you to Woodbridge. Yeah. <laughs> like From I th- Woodbridge I th- to Woodbridge. I think it's like 30 bucks a year for a membership at a shooting range. It's pretty great. So just how, how many guns do you have? Gun owners don't reveal that, but like uh, it's more than five and less than 20. Okay. I have a trivia question. Which sitting United States senator has appeared in Larry, two? Larry Craig. No. Oh, in, he, he's not sitting. It's, sorry. It's Leahy. Yeah, it is. In two Nolan Batman movies as a Wayne Enterprise board member, which I think is cool just because he is a really massive Batman fan, apparently. Yeah, maybe he's been in other stuff too. Like he has done like voiceovers. Isn't that scene or with something. the Joker when you know the Joker goes ah mm-hmm. ah 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 and comes mm-hmm. into the party and goes, "We won't give in to you." I believe that is it for this episode. Do you guys have anything else? No, I think I think we're starting to run out of time, Thomas. We are starting to run out of time. It's only seven a.m. We're still good. Uh, from Apollo Eight, we wish you all good night and good luck, and we will see you again next week. Good luck to you, Thomas. Can I say it's complicated? Don't matter what you say, don't matter what you do. I only wanna do bad things to you. So good good. that you can't explain it. What can I say? It's complicated. Nothing's that bad if it feels good. So you come back like I knew you would. And we're both wild, and the night's young. Enjoy my drug, bring you into my face, no Drop it down to that bass drum I got what you dream about Nail scratch on my back tat Eyes closed when you scream out And you keep me in with those hips While my teeth sink in those lips While your body's giving me life And you suffocating my kiss Then you said I want you forever Even when we're not together Scars on my body so I can take you wherever